friends, does anybody remember the, according to Google, gospel rock song by Casting Crown, Who Am I? Anybody? It was like, who am I? That the lo- Anybody? I'm not going to sing like the whole thing, but like it was like really passionate and like, oh, it was in there. So growing up in church as a teen in the early 2000s, being in the youth choir, we sang a lot of gospel rock. <laughs> and you might imagine that these arrangements, because they were made for youth choirs, well, they were a little, um, let's say, extra. But we had a lot of fun singing and like doing our hand motions and singing about who am I, I am God's, right? Like we had so much fun singing about all of these things. But on a more serious note, when thinking about this gospel rock song, Who Am I? Have you ever found yourself asking yourself that question? Who am I? And this is not something that I think we answer and then we're done. We're good, right? This is something that we're going to ask ourselves throughout our entire life. And maybe you've asked yourself this and you've answered it a certain way. And then sometime on down the road, you ask yourself again. And it's a completely different answer. I know uh, for myself that in the midst of that, if you think, man, if this can change so much, I wonder, I think, how do I fit into the world? How do I fit into this larger picture that we call life? And I know for myself, four months ago, there have been a lot of life events happening for myself um, that have me asking this question all over again and have me finding different answers. And so four months ago, the biggest one, and I think the cutest one, uh, my son Max was born. And so mom got added to the list of who am I? Who I am as a wife has changed. A few weeks after Max was born, um, 23andMe decided to throw in a little uh, change of who I am as a sister and an aunt. I have found a biological sister and we have started building our relationship. She is married and has a child of her own, and it has been wonderful getting to know her and to know her family. But also this discovery has changed my understanding of who I am as a Korean adoptee. And so all of these things, right? Big life changes, I said. Big life changes. But throughout all of these uh, big changes and, and the question of who am I, I wonder... What grounds you? What keeps you grounded and rooted? For me, it's not asking that question, who am I, over and over and over again. It's not holding on to who I once was, but it is remembering whose I am. It's remembering whose I am. And so I hope this morning as we do this work together that we can all have that in our mind, remembering whose we are. And so now you, you might imagine that at home we have uh, quite the library of books, um, and we're so thankful for all of these wonderful books that we get to read to Max. We have the classics like Goodnight Moon and Where the Wild Things Are. We also have one called Gamer Baby for my D&D loving husband. And we also have books of inclusivity. All, all are welcome and change sing. Some really wonderful books. But one of my very favorites has become When God Made You by Matthew Paul Turner and illustrated by David Catro. The story is a message and a reminder of the simple truth that we are all deeply loved, 
We are all a unique creation in our big universe, and because of that, we are God's very own. Loved and cared for, seen and heard just as we are. In an interview, the author, Matthew Paul Turner, he was talking about how when he was reading stories with his first child, that all of the stories that they had on faith and God lacked creativity and diversity and imagination. And so he thought, hmm, maybe I can write a story. And so he did. And I, I encourage all of you, especially those of you with little ones, but really for everyone, their stories that are creative and diverse and imaginative. And he said that when he was writing When God Made You, he was thinking about the God who makes us, the God who sees us, the God who thinks about us, and the God who dreams about us. And he wanted this story to celebrate kids' creativity and their individuality. And that's what this book does. In his interview, he said that his hope would be that this book would be a reminder to anyone who reads it that they were created by God and that there is something powerful and amazing about that and so that we should embrace that. This morning, I chose a few verses from 1 John chapter 3 to go along with our message because even though it's just a few verses, it packs a lot into it. It is short and sweet and good, good stuff. And so there's a lot of different parallels that I see between 1 John and when God made you. And so we're going to dive a little bit deeper into these this morning. And as we're doing this, I also want us to think about when we're thinking about how God created us as unique individuals, I want us to also remember that we are called to live in community with others, that we're called to share that message that others have been created as unique and loved persons. So let's keep all of that in mind as we go into our scripture reading for this morning. In 1 John chapter 3, it says, See what kind of love God has given to us, and that we should be called God's children. And that is what we are. Dear friends, now we are God's children, and it hasn't yet appeared what we will be. We know that when God appears, we will be like God, because we'll see God as God truly is. And all who have hope in God purify themselves even as God is pure. And so in 1 John, there is a ton of family language. And the author talks about family in a couple of different ways. The author talks about family in, in regards to the relationship between God and Jesus. Of course, that makes sense. Secondly, the author talks about the community and addresses the community as little children and beloved, but in a way of endearment and care. And lastly, the author describes the community as children of God and those that have been born of God. And so there's this central connection between family and community. First, John was written in the midst of conflict and, and discord within this community, and so they needed this message of family and connection and community. Not that we would ever need that kind of message, right? Because we don't have any kind of discord or conflict in our families or church or community, right? No, no, not us, not us. But throughout all of these letters, at the core of the message is God is love, and so here in 1 John, 
God is love. Love is not just simply a behavior or, or a characteristic of who God is, but it is quite, fact, in fact, the motivation for everything God does and says. It is the motivation for everything God says and does. And so how script, the scripture starts out is very clear. God has given us love, and we are children of God. And so we have this assurance. We know that with this love, God has created us with purpose and intentionality. We have been created with purpose and intentionality. And then when God made you, we hear that it says that God knew that the world needed someone exactly like you. God delights in what is and sees only what's true. You bring your own color and rhythm and rhyme to God's story. And so this is our first parallel. The truth that is found in 1 John and the truth that is found in our book is that we were made with purpose and intentionality and that the world needs someone just like you. And so the truth is, you matter. You belong. And this world needs you. And so maybe there have been moments in your life where you needed to hear this. Maybe you're in a season of life where you need this reminder right now, that you matter, you belong, you have been made with purpose and intentionality, and this world needs you. I also believe that, this, that the authors of 1 John and this book are reminding us that there's nothing that wasn't done with purpose, right? There's only one you. And it goes on to say in 1 John that it hasn't yet appeared what will be. We know that when God appears, we will be like God because we'll see God as God truly is. Again, friends, this is a word of assurance that is just for us, that we may not know where we're headed. We may not truly understand where we are, but we know that God is with us in the midst of that. In the midst of that journey, we know that God is walking alongside of us. And so our second parallel this morning between 1 John and when God made you is the truth that we were all created in the image of God. I believe that one of the best ways to be reminded of God's presence in somebody's life is to do the work to see God in them, to see the image of God that we were all created in. And now, I know you're probably thinking about that person that maybe you don't particularly like, or the person you don't totally agree with, and you're thinking, oh, Pastor Maggie, it is hard to see God in them. Let me tell you, I'm right there with you. It is so hard sometimes, right? I feel like sometimes with some people, I have to look really, really, really hard. But I'm also aware of the fact that there are people out there in the world who probably think the same thing about me. That sometimes it can be really, really hard to see the God in others. But we have to do that work. We're called to do that work because we were all created in the image of God. In our very own unique and beautiful and wonderful ways, we were created in the image of God. In our children's story this morning, it says, God smiles when through a spark in your eye, a familiar reflection shines bright from inside. And so I hope that you remember that you were made in the image of God. And that we were called, even as difficult as it might be sometimes, 
to find that image of God in others. Our scripture reading ends with this morning, all who have this hope in God purify themselves even as God is pure. And this is where our third parallel is. This verse from 1 John is simply talking about the journey towards sanctification. And you maybe have heard us talk about that here. You maybe have heard it somewhere else. But basically, sanctification is this journey of moving on towards perfection. And it's not perfection as we know and understand it, this perfection of being the very best or not making any mistakes at all ever again. But it's this perfection in love of God and love of neighbor. It is this journey that we are all taking to be perfect in love. In my um, hand-dandy John Wesley study Bible that I have, uh, that I got as a gift from when I graduated from seminary, it has this little blurb in it that I felt like really resonated and, and really showed truly what it is, what this journey is as we are moving on towards perfection and what it means and then how we're called to share that message outward. And so this is what it says. The Spirit draws silently near to tell us that we are children of God. This yes stirs God's child to respond in love and a myriad of loving works. This witness of the Spirit comes. The Spirit assures us that we are God's children. Just as we breathe, we know we are alive. And so on the flip side, in our book, in our children's book this morning, it talks about how God dreams about all that in you will be true. That God has given us gifts and talents to be hopeful and kind, to be dreamers, to be movers and shakers, to change the world, to be confident and strong and brave. And after the election this last week, I know there are mixed feelings about what happened and what didn't happen, but I saw this post of this drawn image, this illustrated image of this little girl and her mom talking. And the, mom, the little girl says to her mom, but what if they lose? And the little girl says, well, then we will keep fighting for the rights of all people. And the little girl says, but what if they win? And she says, dear girl, it is the same answer. And I saw another post that said, no matter the results of any election, God is still a God of redemptive work. God is a God still bringing about justice in the world. And aren't both of these things true? That God is steadfast in this redemptive justice work and that God has created all of us with gifts and talents to do this work as well to fight and stand up and speak out for justice, to do the work that we are called to do so that way the world that we live in looks more like the kingdom of God. And I see all of this happening here at Arapahoe. I see it happening through the lives of all of you. I see it through the work of our group, our Journey Towards Racial Justice group, the work that they do to hear other people's stories to really listen to them, to lift them up, to do the work of dismantling racism, both in our communities and within ourselves. I see the work of letting people know that they are loved and created with purpose and intentionality through our volunteers who are with our children every single week telling them that truth, 
and through the work that Arapaho does with our LGBTQ plus siblings, letting them know that they were created with purpose and with intentionality. I see you all dreaming in the face of adversity for a better world that looks more like the kingdom. And so this kingdom work, right, it's lifelong. Again, just like the question of who am I, it's not a one and done kind of thing. The work that we are called to to make this world look more like the world that God wants it to be is lifelong. The work of discovering what it means to be a child of God and how we got into this world full of beauty and adversity and then the work that we're called into making sure that all people know that they are loved and cared for, seen and heard just as they are. And so who we are, the roles that we take on uh, over our lifetime may change for better or for not. They may be really cute like little babies or they may be changing because you have to leave something behind. They may bring you joy or they may bring you heartache. But what we do know, friends, what we can know for sure is whose we are. That being a child of God remains always. Being a child of God is steadfast and sure. And so hopefully as we change and we grow and we struggle and we live, may we all live in that truth. May you all remember that you were created with purpose. You were created with intentionality, that you were created exactly as you should be, that you were called to bring about the kingdom here on earth, bring about justice and love. May you not forget these things in the midst of this journey of perfect love for one another. So Matthew Paul Turner, when writing his book, also hoped that this would be a prayer that we would read over one another every day. And so friends, this morning and every day, I hope that you can hear this prayer for yourself and that you may pray it over others. You, you, when God made you, God made you all shiny and new, an incredible you, a you all your own, a you unlike anyone else ever known. So be you, fully you, a show-stopping review, live your life in full color, every tint, every hue, discover, explore, have faith and love more, and learn and relearn all that God made for you. Use your talents and passions, those gifts that God fashioned. Think up ideas and then put them to action. You, you, when God dreams about you, God dreams about all that in you will be true. Be confident and strong and brave too. You being you is God's dream coming true. May it ever be so.